But what we're doing uh, today, in a sense, we're wrapping up a series of four messages that we've been in here in the last month. Estamos concluyendo hoy una serie de mensajes, and our focus has been on listening to be different. El enfoque es escuchar por ser diferentes. And I want to give you just a little bit of a review, a recap of where we have been over the last few weeks. We began three weeks ago talking about the struggle to be still. Hablamos de la lucha por quedarnos quietos. And we indeed admitted that it is hard for us to be quiet before God's presence. Es difícil estar en silencio ante Dios. Why? Well, because in the stillness, first of all, we are confronted with our pain. Nos confronta el dolor que tenemos. Also in the silence, uh, we begin to hear those negative voices that are inside of us and that are also on the outside coming at us. En el silencio escuchamos las voces negativas por dentro y por fuera. And, of course, in the silence, when we begin to listen to God, uh, we're not always wanting to hear what He has to say. No queremos escuchar lo que Dios dice siempre. And we learn from Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, a powerful truth. In repentance and rest is our salvation. In quietness and trust is our strength. Aprendimos que en el arrepentimiento y la calma está nuestra salvación. En la serenidad y la confianza está nuestra fuerza. And then two weeks ago, we went on from there to talk about finding rest today. Hablamos después de hallar el descanso hoy. And specifically, we were looking into Hebrews chapter 4, which talks about an eternal Sabbath or a special kind of Sabbath that we have in Jesus. Hablamos del sábado que tenemos en Jesús. And we're called to rest. We're called to rest from our own sinful works. And we're also called to rest from striving and straining to use our good works to pay for our sin. Because it's not about what we can do. It's the finished work of Jesus Christ in his cross and resurrection that gives us rest. Dejamos de luchar con nuestras obras de pecado y también las obras de intentar meditar el favor de Dios porque nuestro descanso está en Cristo. And then last week, uh, we talked about having an appetite for God's word. Después hablamos de, de tener hambre de la palabra de Dios. And we looked at Amos chapter 8 and we talked about the challenge to become, in a sense, to become spiritual preppers, uh, to store up God's word and to sustain ourselves through the word of God in these chaotic times. Hablamos de cómo ser sobrevivistas espirituales almacenando la palabra de Dios. And we really learn that the word of God that nourishes us and sustains us is Jesus. He is the manna, the bread from heaven. He is the living water that sustains us. Jesús es el maná, el pan del cielo y el agua viviente que nos sostiene. And that brings us then to today. As we're wrapping up this series, I want to talk today about what it means to listen together. There is a corporate or a group dimension to listening to God's word. Vamos a hablar de escuchar juntos. And I can think of no better place in scripture to learn about listening together than what we find in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. And that's where we'll be going today. Vamos a mirar Apocalipsis 2 y 3. There are two chapters here, and in these two chapters we have... Seven letters to ancient churches. Son siete cartas a iglesias antiguas. And these letters are dictated by the risen, ascended Jesus. He dictates these letters in the Holy Spirit to the apostle or the church leader John. And John writes them down 
for these ancient churches, but also for us. Jesús resucitado, ascendido, dicta esas cartas en el Espíritu al apóstol Juan, quien las escribe por esas iglesias y por nosotros. Now, I wish we had time to go through all of those letters today, uh, but to kind of get us to the point, I want to read the first letter as an example, and then we'll be commenting on the rest of them. Vamos a mirar la primera carta como un ejemplo. So our scripture is going to be focused on Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, Apocalipsis 2, del 1 al 7. It's the letter to the church in Ephesus, la carta a la iglesia de Éfeso. And as we've been doing the last couple of weeks, we've been, I've been encouraging you in your daily reading and listening of Scripture to take a minute of silence before you listen to God's Word. And we're going to do that again as we wrap up this series. I want to invite you with me. I'm going to time it. It'll be just 60 seconds. Believe it or not, it might seem like an hour. But we're going to be still and prepare our hearts to hear God's Word. Vamos a mantener un minuto de silencio antes de escuchar la palabra de Dios. So let's be quiet before God together. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life which is in the paradise Of God. Escribe al ángel de la iglesia de Éfeso, esto dice el que tiene las siete estrellas en su mano derecha y se pasea en medio de los siete candelabros de oro. Conozco tus obras, tu duro trabajo y tu perseverancia. Sé que no puedes soportar a los malvados y que has puesto a prueba a los que dicen ser apóstoles pero no lo son y has descubierto que son falsos. Has perseverado y sufrido por mi nombre sin desanimarte. Sin embargo, tengo en tu contra que has abandonado mi, tu primer amor. Recuerda de dónde has caído, arrepiéntete y vuelve a practicar las obras que hacías al principio. Si no te arrepientes, iré y quitaré de su lugar tu candelabro. 
Pero tienes a tu favor que aborreces las prácticas de los nicolaitas, las cuales yo también aborrezco. El que tenga oídos, que oiga lo que dice el Espíritu a las iglesias. Al que salga vencedor le daré derecho a comer del árbol de la vida que está en el paraíso de Dios. So as I said before, this is the first of seven letters that are written to seven ancient churches. Son siete cartas a siete iglesias uh, antiguas. And these churches are all within a certain geographical range. They're located in what was known as Asia Minor. Uh, today we know it as the nation of Turkey. Esas iglesias están en Asia Menor, o sea, Turquía hoy en día. And in these letters, these, to these seven places that you see on the screen... Jesus speaks to every single church a tailor-made message, a customized personal message. Jesús les dirige un mensaje personal. And yet, even though there's a message designed specifically for each church, if you look at the letter itself, the letters follow a very consistent format, a very consistent pattern. Hay un patrón consistente, sin embargo, en cada carta. I'd like to take you through that pattern Because I think there's something there that we can gain just from the form of the letter. First of all, in all seven letters, Jesus begins by saying, this is who I am. This is who's speaking to you. Comienza Jesús diciendo, esto soy yo. He says, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand. That's what he says to Ephesus. Esto dice el que tiene siete estrellas en su mano derecha. To the church in Smyrna, he says, these are the words of him who is the first and the last, the one who died and came to life again. Esto dice primero el último, el que murió y volvió a vivir, dice a Smyrna. To the church of Pergamum, he says, these are the words of him who has the sharp, double-edged sword. I have the word of God. Esto dice el que tiene la aguda espada de dos filos. Every case, he's saying, this is who is speaking to you. Pay attention. And then he goes on in every single letter. He says, I know who you are. I know you personally. Yo conozco a ustedes después, dice. And each place, he says, I'm, I know something about you. To Ephesus, he says, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know you can't tolerate what is wicked. Conozco a tus obras, dice a Efeso. Tu duro trabajo, tu perseverancia. To Pergamum, he says, I know where you live. Oh boy, you live where Satan has its throne. You're in a, in a difficult place. Sé donde vives, dice Pergamum. Allí donde Satanás tiene su trono. To uh, the church of uh, Thyatira, uh, he says, I know your deeds, your love, your faith, your service, your perseverance, and I know you're doing more than you used to do, more than you did at first. Conozco tus obras, tu amor, tu fe, tu servicio, tu perseverancia, dice tía tira. So he says, I know you, I know what's going on with you. And so in light of that, to every single church, he says, Here's what you need to do about your circumstances. Eso es lo que necesitan hacer. And he gives each church specific instructions. He says to Ephesus, repent and do the things you did at first. Remember the height from which you've fallen. Ephesus dice, recuerda de donde has caído, arrepiéntete y vuelve a practicar las obras que hacías al principio. He, to each church, he's saying something. To Thyatira, he, he says to them, he says, only hold on, hold on to what you have until I come. Retengan con firmeza lo que ya tienen hasta que yo venga, dice a los de Tiatira. Every church, he's got something. He says to Sardis, wake up, people. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. Reaviva lo que es rescatable, pues no he encontrado tus obras que sean perfectas delante de mi Dios. 
And then in every letter he says, if you respond, if you do what I'm calling you to do, here's my promise. If you overcome, if you persevere, if you just keep going, si responden, si son fieles, eso es lo que les va a pasar. He says to Ephesus, to him who overcomes, I'll give you the right to eat from the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. Al que salga vencedor le daré derecho a comer del árbol de la vida que está en el paraíso de Dios. Uh, to, to Pergamum, he says, to him who overcomes, I'll give uh, 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 some of the hidden manna, some of the hidden bread. Al que salga vencedor le daré el maná escondido, dice Pergamum. Uh, and, and he says to uh, Thyatira, to him who overcomes and does my will, I will give authority over the nations, over, over all of the earth. Al que salga vencedor, dice Thyatira, y cumpla mi voluntad, le daré autoridad sobre las naciones. Something good's going to happen if you just keep going. And finally, in every single letter, Jesus says, he who has an ear, let him hear. I'm here what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Al que tenga oídos que oiga lo que el Espíritu dice a las iglesias. So let's put this all together. Jesus says, this is who I am. I know who you are. This is what you need to do. This is what will happen if you do it. Listen to me. Esto soy yo. Esto son ustedes. Eso es lo que necesitan hacer. Es lo que va a pasar. Escúchenme. Now, we talked last week, if you recall, we talked about the fact that in our day and age, we face a lot of isms in our culture. Hay muchos ismos en nuestra cultura, and I defined what an ism is. I said that an ism is some force or some idea in our culture that gets elevated up to the level of God, and it becomes almost an object of worship. Es algún valor que se eleva al mismo estado con Dios. So, for example... What is humanism? Humanism is saying that a human being is mm, divine. That's humanism. El humanismo dice que el ser humano es divino. What's rationalism? Rationalism is saying my reason is superior to anything else. My reason is mm, divine. Mi razón es divina. Es el racionalismo. Well, here in these seven letters, if we look carefully, we find that Jesus is actually addressing in every single church, he's addressing a different ism. And those isms are not just for way back then and there. Those isms exist today, and we need to look at them. And cada iglesia está dirigiendo a Jesús algún ismo que está enfrentando esa iglesia. Either the church has bought into the isms, or they're suffering because of the isms. One of the two. Han creído los ismos o están sufriendo por ellos. So I want to go through each church and, and give you an idea of what I'm talking about. So, the church of Ephesus, what we read. What's the problem here? What's the ism? The ism that Jesus is confronting here is stoicism. Es el estoicismo en Éfeso. It's a lack of emotion, a lack of passion. It's falta de, de fervor, like the pictures say. You know, the church in Ephesus, they were against false teaching. They were against bad things, right? But they had lost their first love, their excitement, their passion for the things of Jesus. It's like, okay, here we go. It's church again. It's Sunday once more. Who cares? He says, No. Remember what it's like to be in love with me. La iglesia había perdido su fervor. In the church of Smyrna, the problem was antagonism. Esmina sufrió del antagonismo. In other words, 
there was antagonism against the church coming from the Gentile community and the church was under persecution. They were suffering the persecution of those who hated the cause of Christ. Ellos estaban sufriendo la persecución de la comunidad gentil. In the church of Pergamum, la iglesia Pergamo, the problem there was commercialism, comercialismo. The church was selling out to the culture's sexual immorality and they were offering food to idols. Why? In the name of business so that they could get people to buy their stuff. Practicaban la inmoralidad sexual y también ofrecían comida a ídolos por el bien de sus negocios. Jesus confronts that. And then in Thyatira, there was a special problem. In Thyatira, the problem was Gnosticism. Now, you don't maybe know that word, but Gnosticism is an ancient false teaching. It's an ancient heresy that is still around today in many different forms. In Thyatira, the problem is Gnosticism, a antigua que existe hoy. What is Gnosticism? Well, Gnosticism kind of combines uh, loose sexual morals, sexual immorality, with a kind of this special knowledge of deep, mysterious secrets. Like, I've got a secret. I'm more spiritual than you. El gnosticismo combina la inmoralidad sexual con misticismo como de la nueva era. It's almost like new age today. And, you know, you got these people say, I can do anything I want, but I have all this truth. I have all this mysticism inside of me. Deep secrets of God. And Jesus says, those are deep secrets of Satan. And you don't want to be involved in that. Son secretos de Satanás. That's Thyatira. Sardis, the problem is syncretism. And Sardis es el sincretismo. Syncretism is taking the gospel of Jesus Christ and combining it with the philosophies and even other religions of the world. Es combinar el evangelio con las filosofías del mundo and mixing it all together. And Jesus says to Sardis, you have soiled your clothes. You've stained your garments. This was a city that was involved in the dyeing of garments, okay? Han machado sus vestiduras, dice Sardis. And then Philadelphia, again, the church in Philadelphia suffers antagonism. They're suffering persecution. In Philadelphia, suffering el antagonismo. This time from the Jewish community, not from the Gentile community, but it was, it was suffering and they were going through it. And then finally, there's the church of Laodicea. Por fin, Laodicea. They were suffering or they were dealing with materialism. El materialismo fue el problema. Now, we don't deal with materialism today, so that really maybe doesn't have anything to do with you and me, but, but they were trying to fill in the empty spots of their spirit with, with stuff. Estaban llenando sus espíritus de cosas. And so what did they say in Laodicea? They were saying, I'm rich, I'm fat, I'm happy, I don't need a thing. Soy rico, soy, soy grande, no necesito nada. And Jesus says, you don't know, you are wretched, poor, blind, naked. Están ciegos, desnudos, terribles. So, what does the Spirit have to say through these seven letters about all of these isms in the church? What, if we could just boil it all down, what is the message that really comes out? ¿Cuál es el mensaje del Espíritu a estos ismos? It really comes down to just two words, dos palabras. Repent and believe. Arrepiéntete y cree. We keep running into these two words this year, don't we? I mean, we just always are running into them. 
Repent and believe. That's the message Jesus basically gives to these seven churches. Arrepiéntete y cree. Turn from your sin. Be done with it. Change your mind about it and embrace me by faith. Deja el pecado y abrázame por la fe. To four churches, no less. Four out of the seven. The message is clear. You've got to repent. A cuatro iglesias. Dice, arrepiéntete. Let's list them. Chapter 2, verse 4. To Ephesus, he says, repent and do the things you did at first. Arrepiéntete y vuelva a practicar las obras que hacías al principio. Éfeso. The church in Pergamum. Chapter 2, verse 16, he says, repent, therefore, because you have some false teachers among you, some Nicolaitans. False teachers. Arrepiéntete, dice Pergamo, porque tenían Nicolaitas, falsos maestros. To the church in Sardis, chapter 3, verse 3, he says, remember what you've received and heard, obey it and repent. Recuerda lo que has recibido y obedecido y huido, arrepiéntete. And then finally, Laodicea, where he says something really key. He says, I love you. And those I love, I'm going to rebuke and discipline. I'm going to get on your case because I love you. So repent. Be earnest and repent. Reprendo y disciplino a todos los que amo. Por lo tanto, se fervoroso y arrepiéntete. Four churches, he says, repent. Right up. Now to two churches, the message is believe. Hold on to your faith. A dos iglesias dice creen. Que crean y, y sigan creyendo. And as you might guess, those are the two churches that were suffering persecution. Las iglesias que sufrían, those were the churches. Smyrna, in chapter 2, verse 10, he says, Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Dice a Smyrna, Sé fiel hasta la muerte, yo te daré la corona de vida. That is, keep on believing even while you're going through hard times. To the church in Philadelphia, chapter 3:11, a Philadelphia dice lo mismo. He says, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will be able to take your crown. Aferrate lo que tienes para que nadie te quite la corona. Believe in me. Just keep persevering and believing in me. And then there's one church, Thyatira, where Jesus specifically says, Repent and believe. Dice, arrepiéntete y crea una iglesia, Tiatira. He says to Thyatira, you have this woman named Jezebel among you, this sexually immoral opinion leader. I'm telling her to repent. Que saber esta mujer inmoral tiene que arrepentirse. The rest of you, he says to Thyatira, hold on. Hang on. Keep believing what you have believed until I come. A los demás, dice, retengan con firmeza lo que ya tienen hasta que yo venga. Sigan creyendo. Repent and believe. Now, this is where we want to ask the so what question. So what? What does this have to do with us? ¿Qué tiene que ver esto con nosotros? Here's what I gather as I study these seven letters. If we're going to become different people, which we've said that's our goal this year, to become different people. If we're going to become a different kind of church, if we're going to be a different community, then we must learn to listen to God's word, but to do that together. Tenemos que, para ser diferentes, que escuchar la palabra de Dios juntos. 
And as we listen to God's word, what are we wanting to know? We need to know who Jesus is. We need to realize who we are. We need to understand and discern what he's calling us to do. And we also need to keep in mind what he promises us if we will be faithful to what he's calling us to do. We need to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. Tenemos que aprender y comprender quién es Jesús, quiénes somos nosotros, qué debemos hacer, qué nos promete si somos fieles y escuchar al Espíritu. Jesus, the living Lord, walks among his church today. He walks among us as his people through his Holy Spirit. Right here, right now, el Señor resucitado está con nosotros con su Espíritu Santo. And in order for us to recognize his presence, we need to do two things. Repent and believe. Hay que arrepentirse y creer. And if we are willing to hear what the Spirit is saying, and if we're willing to repent, to change our mind and to change our direction, if we're willing to believe and step out and take risks and trust, He promises to show up and to do amazing things in our midst. In fact, He'll do amazing things beyond us. He'll do amazing things in our community. He'll do amazing things in our world. That's what I gather from these letters. Si estamos dispuestos a arrepentirnos y creer en Él, Él hará maravillas con nosotros y hasta en nuestro mundo. There's a pastor by the name of Henry Blackaby that some of you may have heard of. He wrote a study years ago about experiencing God that was quite, quite uh, uh, transforming for many. Hay un pastor que ha dicho algo. And this is what Henry Blackaby says. He says that a church that repents, and I would add to that, a church that believes, is a precondition for revival in the rest of society. Una iglesia que se arrepiente y cree es una iglesia, es una condición para el avivamiento. In other words, he's saying, whenever there is a large-scale revival in the larger society, whenever there is a movement of God in our society and people begin to come back to the Lord and things begin to change for the better in the larger culture, it always begins with the corporate repentance of the church. It always begins with the corporate faith of the church in Jesus Christ. El avivamiento comienza con la fe y, y el arrepentimiento de la iglesia local. It begins with us. So the question there is, is encouraging us and it's challenging us to, to ask ourselves, what is the Spirit saying to the church? How do we, based on God's word, need to change our thinking about certain things? That's repentance. Part of it is changing our thinking. How do we need to change our direction, the way we're going. ¿Cómo cambiar nuestra mente y nuestra dirección? That's repentance. But then also, how are we to step out and take risks? How are we to take action? Because it's not just sitting and soaking. It's stepping out. It's reaching out. It's doing something different for the Lord. He blesses that. I believe God goes to the edge when His people go to the edge. ¿Cómo debemos dar pasos de fe y tomar acción? What might the Spirit be saying to Sunrise Community Church? I'll give my own stab at it. 
think one of the ways the Spirit might be speaking to us would be to say, you know, we live in a culture that is sex-saturated. And in the church, sadly to say, we have not led. We have followed. Vivimos en una cultura saturada de sexo y no hemos sido guías, sino que hemos seguido la cultura. It may be that someone has an addiction. It may be a relationship that God's word would say, this is not my best for you. Can you hear what the Spirit might be saying about that? What else might the Spirit be saying to Sunrise Community Church? You're planting a church called Imago. An Imago church is at a crucial point in its development. We're now two years into this project, and it is time for Imago to go to the next level, but it is going to require an, a tremendous effort on the part of God's people. We need to step up and to step out. We need to wake up. Hey, we're planting a church. Estamos plantando una iglesia, Imago en Baisella, and we cannot, we dare not sit back and just watch it and say, oh yeah, that's great. God bless what they're doing over there. No, we need to rise up and step up and Help this fledgling baby church to grow. Tenemos que ayudar a esta iglesia a crecer. In a couple weeks, we're sending a team from Sunrise and some other churches down to Costa Rica. Did you know we have a mission down to Costa Rica? Tenemos una misión en Costa Rica. Unos van de nuestra iglesia un par de semanas. I believe that the Spirit might be saying to us, there are opportunities down there that you have not even begun to believe. When the doors open, walk through them. Cuando abran las puertas, caminen, pasen por ellas. In January, Martin and I right now are in the process of, of Lord willing, planning to go to Costa Rica to meet with a group of about 40 plus pastors. What could God be opening up for Sunrise, Little Sunrise Community Church to have an impact? So many miles away. In enero, Martín y yo vamos allá para encontrarnos con los pastores. ¿Qué estaría haciendo Dios? In just three weeks, we are going to be hosting in this building an awesome Bible day camp, and we're going to have children just packing this place out. Vamos a tener a niños en un campo de, de la Biblia diurno. And there are children right outside of our doors here that do not know how much Jesus loves them. They don't know that they can be called friends of God, that Jesus wants them to be a lifelong friend. And their parents don't know that. And because the parents don't know, the kids don't know. And it gets passed on from generation to generation. For lack of knowledge, these people are destroyed. We have an opportunity as a church. In fact, right after worship today, I'm going to invite you. If you want to go out, just spend 10, 15 minutes. We're going to take, here they are, we're going to get all these flyers out onto the streets, into homes, into businesses, and we want to invite the children to come in because we want to see generations changed by the power of Jesus Christ. Queremos ver las generaciones cambiadas. Vamos a estar distribuyendo estos volantes después del servicio. These are just some of my impressions. What about you? What do you hear? In Colossians 3, 7, 16, the Bible gives us a picture of what it looks like for the church to listen together. And I want to read this because it's going to set up what we're going to do next. Colossians 3, 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you, that is you all, richly, 
as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Que habiten ustedes la palabra de Cristo con toda su riqueza. Instruyanse y aconsejense unos a otros con toda sabiduría. Canten salmos, himnos y canciones espirituales a Dios con gratitud de corazón. Here's a picture of the, of the church sharing what the Spirit is saying, sharing what the Word of God is saying through all kinds of ways. Talking and singing and praying God's Word to each other. La iglesia está compartiendo la palabra de Dios. And then it says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Todo lo que hagan de palabra de obra, háganlo todo en el nombre del Señor Jesús, dando gracias a Dios el Padre por medio de Él. So this is where I would like us to go this morning. We're doing something very different. We didn't have our greeting time at the beginning because I want to have a greeting time now and involve all of us. And here's my invitation. Aquí mi invitación. Vamos a saludarnos los unos a los otros con propósito. I want to encourage and invite you to share with at least one or maybe two people what you have heard the Spirit speaking to you through God's Word today. ¿Qué has escuchado del, del Espíritu de la Palabra de Dios hoy? What is God saying to you through His Word? If you're stuck, I want to give you some questions that might help you to think about it. What have you heard about who is Jesus? What have you heard about who are we? What have you heard about what Jesus is calling us to do or what God could do if we respond? What, what is the Spirit saying? ¿Qué has oído sobre quién es Jesús? ¿Quiénes somos nosotros? ¿Qué nos llama Jesús a hacer? ¿Qué puede hacer Dios si respondemos? ¿Qué dice el Espíritu? We're going to take some time to share with one another, like it says in Colossians. And then we're going to enter into a time of, of corporate repenting and believing, corporate worship, and expressing our faith in what God wants to do with us. Vamos a tener un tiempo de arrepentimiento y de adoración después. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. El que tenga oídos, que oiga lo que dice el Espíritu de las iglesias. So, I'm going to invite the worship team up right now. Let's listen to Jesus together. Escuchemos a Jesús juntos. I'm going to invite you to stand as the worship team comes up. Stand up, turn around, share with somebody what the Lord has spoken to you.